in the Tibetan tradition there are two different views or two different paradigms which influence very much the, uh, the approach to our practice, the approach to our meditation practice. And these two views are, could be called uh, the progressive view or, on the other hand, the fruitional view or the resultant view. So the progressive view is something which um, is familiar to us. It fits our culture. So the progressive view says, you are not there yet. And there's a path and there's methods. And if you are doing it right, and if you put a lot of effort into it, and yeah, if you work hard, then in the end you get the reward, which is heaven or enlightenment or peace or happiness or wholeness, oneness. So there is someone and this someone is not there yet and there's path, there's a path and there's methods. So that's the progressive view. And of course it makes sense. And the, the other view, the resultant view, the fruitional view says what you are seeking is already available to you in this moment. You are already what you are seeking. So whatever you believe you need to be complete is actually available to us in this moment. It's just a matter of recognizing it. So usually for most of us our practice is a combination of both but in this retreat uh, I would like to emphasize the fruitional view of the resultant view. So inviting you into the possibility of Buddha moments, short moments where you have a glimpse or where you dive or where you taste the possibility of freedom, the possibility of completion, the possibility of wholeness. So to 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 uh, to have short glimpses again and again of the wholeness, of the oneness, of the peace, of freedom. There's two, two aspects, two insights which can arise in meditation or which we, which we will lean into, into this retreat. And the first is a recognition of what you are not a looking through or a deconstruction of the mental process of selfing. 
the mental process of selfing is that mental process, a cognitive process, which leads to a sense of separation, which leads to a sense that you are that dysfunctional, rejected, criticized, unloved person, which needs to work hard. So that is a cognitive process, it's a mental process. And I call it selfing in this retreat. So that's the first aspect to 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 you know, to question. It's it's a question, it's an invitation. Could it be that I'm actually not that? Could it be that I'm actually not what I thought I I am? Could that be? And becoming aware of this uh, process of selfing. How it creates a sense of me. A sense of me. It's a sense of me. So that's the first aspect. And the second aspect is, so if you are not that separate me, that wounded me, that traumatized me, that me which is not good enough, if you are not that, who are you? What are you? So a pointing to that dimension of your being, which is already complete, which is already perfect. And one image we could use here is the image of the ocean and the waves. So the first part is to recognize this process of selfing, which the wave does. Well, the process of me, imagining a me and then identifying with that me. So that's what each of the, the waves does. So there's a wave and here's a wave and there's a wave and there's a wave. And, and that process of uh, selfing is so strong, it really feels as if you are somehow inside of, inside of the wave. So, but then there is a recognition of the depth, of the vastness, of the stillness, of the peace, which is surrounding and underlying this moment. Let's look into the depth 
what what happens if you look into the depth if you kind of you turn the gaze into the vastness into the stillness it's almost like symbolically rolling the eyes backwards and looking into the depth into the stillness what do you see nothing but that nothing wow Uh, that nothing is everything. That, that nothing is is the water of life. That nothing is that nothing is home. That nothing is the Buddhist refuge. That nothing is Buddha. And Buddha is not like a person somewhere. Buddha. That that nothing. That is Buddha. That is your Buddha nature. That is innermost awareness. That nothing is peace. That nothing is nirvana. And of course, what you do on the on the level of your conditioning, you know, it's very helpful to get to know your conditioning and where it comes from. You see the connection with your childhood, and you even go beyond into previous lives and in family stories. So that's that's very helpful. Uh, it helps you to hold it in love. But you are not that. You are not your conditioning. You can't be because you are that which is looking at the conditioning. Your conditioning and your sense of me, the sense of separation, comes and goes within awareness. Like clouds come and go in the sky. And that awareness, that is the nothing. The special nothing. So the invitation in our sitting is, in this retreat, to explore what happens when you allow this moment to be what it is. And of course, part of that possibility includes a moment of stabilizing, um, also like we did this morning with relaxing the body, coming back, back to the breath, but those practices, they are preparation practices. So once you feel a bit more stabilized, a bit more settled, you open your heart, you open your body, you open your mind like the sky.
and then you allow the appearances, which are appearances in consciousness, appearances in awareness, to come and go. Sounds, sensations, thoughts, memories, feelings, unpleasant feelings, wonderful feelings. So you allow them to come and go. That's the moving mind. And it's empty. All these appearances are empty. Empty means they are insubstantial. Like a rainbow. And then there is something else. Then there is the the stillness, then there is the mighty silence, and this mighty silence knows, this mighty silence is awake. This mighty silence is luminous. So that mighty silence is consciousness. That consciousness, that is your home. That consciousness is the refuge. That consciousness is that which nothing and nobody can take away from you. In the teachings it is said, the problem is not that this is difficult, that it is far away or that we need to uh, do a lot of things to recognize this. The problem is it's too close, too simple, too ordinary. So let's uh, sit quietly and then we do some walking meditation and start by uh, a more progressive approach. into the body dropping <coughs> with your awareness into the body with the in-breath sliding and then with the out-breath you release unnecessary tension and you release the need to do something. You release the need to feel good. 
So you release fixing and controlling. So there's uh, the in-breath, attending and befriending. And with the out-breath, opening and softening. something difficult comes up, something difficult to be with, you can upon you can call upon help if that feels good for you. And one help is uh, that we are sitting together. that we all together make this gesture of kindness, this gesture of friendliness. sounds from outside and the sense we have of the landscape can help us to broaden our heart, our mind, our body. And this is all within you. This is all within consciousness. And then when you find yourself being caught up in memories, in the commentary, that is not a problem. And the invitation is then to drop back into the sounds, into the sensations, into the breath. Or is there something which you experience right now which is outside of your awareness, outside of consciousness? Is there something which you experience right now which is outside of consciousness? Like, imagine you would open your eyes and look out into the landscape. appearances in consciousness, including the sense of me, uh, including the sense of I, they are insubstantial. You can't really put your finger onto them, like a rainbow, like a dream. Could you confirm that for yourself, maybe bringing your attention to something which is a bit unpleasant just now. Mm -hmm. 
something you wish you would wouldn't it wouldn't be there. So that is an appearance in consciousness, an appearance in awareness, and it is empty. Empty means insubstantial, like a rainbow. Vivid, vividly appearing, like a rainbow, appears, but insubstantial. And then when you get lost, you stabilize yourself with the breath and sensation in your hands. So in some of the things I say might uh, trigger the opposite, that might trigger, oh, <laughs> no, there and here, what, what should I do now? Or something like that. I, all kinds of, so go for this, ah, ah, yeah, this, ah, yeah, let things be as they are, yeah, oh. And then I say something else, but don't listen to that. Or maybe a word like when I say, ah, it's like a rainbow, and something in you lightens up. It's like, ah, yeah, it's actually not so serious. So then, then you know, ah, that's uh, that's a, a point, a metaphor I can I can uh, I can resonate with. And then, if I say other stuff, just let it pass. Or if you feel uh, quiet, that you that you feel it feels good for you to uh, you know come back to the breath, you know, to emphasize a stabilizing uh, method, then then just do that. And then if I say, yeah, the sky and the sounds, and just, you know, just let it be, just, uh, you know. Uh, so go for your preferences. And hopefully there will be something <laughs> from the things I say. Something which you, uh, which you feel uh, which is lighten you up yeah so lighten you up so my my, uh, my intention is not to uh, make you more heavy my intention is not to put something into you which makes your life more complicated my intention is to take things away uh, but since we are all different uh, I'm, I'm just using different pointers and different instructions which lighten me up. And, and that's a good thing to know that every meditation teacher is partial. So we are like twin, around 20 people here and there will be 20 different meditation styles, hopefully. And it will also change. 
So maybe in one session you feel, oh, I, I really need more the going back to the breath and going back to the body. Maybe another session would be, ah, oh, no, I just, I rather listen to the wind that opens me. Or you, you need some support and then you make a prayer, oh, please bring your love into my darkest places. And of course, sometimes my guidance fits you. That's also good. I mean, if you can, if you feel, you know, you can go, you can go along, and you you feel supported by that. Then, uh, then, then you do that. So now the walking meditation. Um, it's not a break. So we are not having a break now, coffee break or something like that. Yeah, so it's part of the session. Um, so you can go out there and the door here on that level is open, the stair. So you can just go out here or down, depending where your jacket is. And, and, uh, and then, so doing the walking meditation is not going for a walk. Going for a walk is also fantastic. And we have a long uh, lunch break, so you can go for walks. Uh, so um, let's start the walking meditation with um, finding a, a, a path. So you, you choose a path which you walk up and down. Oh, like 10, 15, 20. So you walk up and down, your gaze is relaxed. Um, you bring your awareness, you start by awareness with the body, awareness with the breath. And then uh, coming back into the walking. When you notice that you are more interested in the commentary, go back, you know, come back into the walking. Maybe the sensation in your feet, maybe more the flow of the walking, maybe more the breath. So you see what, what works for you, how you can... I think we are kind of aware of the extremes of being really present with the walking and with the landscape and being completely in our head. Mm. So that's uh, kind of two extremes. And when you find yourself with this plastic bag over your head, uh, which is the... Uh, mental process of selfing see if you can take it off and you come back if you can't take it off then make peace with that yeah? sometimes you can't take it off <laughs> sometimes we go out there and we are completely uh, but then you notice that that's al already a lot yeah? noticing wow I'm completely I'm completely not here and that's already a bit a bit of be that's a moment a bit of being here you know realizing i'm completely not here it's 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 the beginning of being here and so if you can't help yourself and there is just this sticky compulsive story don't worry just just go for it just go for the compulsive sticky story so don't make it like a, a fight 
there will be it will settle we have three days so it, it will settle uh, so and then you come to the end of your path and you go back so you go back and forth and um, you can start by I mean most of you have done it before so you can start by walking rather slowly so that you can uh, you can appreciate the walking uh, so you can make small steps like this but there is no right way to do this so uh, so you can't do it right uh, so you can relax because I mean, if there would be a right way to do it, then you could do it wrong or right. But there is no right way to do it. There is maybe people who think there is a right way to do it. Uh, but uh, so, if you feel you no, know, if this freaks you out, like to walk like this, because uh, you have some, you know, some more fiery energy, then you walk uh, a bit quicker. Right? So in the Zen tradition. They walk uh, very, very quick, and then, the, then the, the tension is more into the flow of the walking. And then you come to the end of the path. Maybe you pause a moment, like in the, like in a sitting posture. So you pause a moment. You can even close your eyes, and and then you then you go again. Maybe slow. So bringing your awareness back into the body, into your feet, into the walking, but also allow yourself to be open by the landscape. Okay, and then uh, we do that for 25 minutes and then uh, we come back and just sit in the aftermath there will be not so much time this uh, this uh, session but then you sit just in the aftermath of being out there of having connected with the landscape just bring this into the, into the sitting and just sit with it in the aftermath of it okay so the these two dimensions of this moment the conditioned level also called conditioned awareness, uh, Sen in Tibetan, which is a projection of your karma. So it appears in that way and it feels that way, not because it falls from the sky, but because it is caused, basically by the way how we have treated others in the past. That's the Buddhist... Uh, the Buddhist myth, the Buddhist story. So the conditioned level of the movement, the moving mind, the conditioned level of the mind is a projection of your karma. And it happens within awareness so that's something you need to check yourself. Yeah. So it's I'm just yeah, so all this needs to be checked in your own experience. 
So it's uh, it happens it happens with an awareness, just like a dream. And these appearances, they are empty, meaning they are insubstantial. They are like a rainbow. They are empty, so they are insubstantial, and they are connected with everything else. They are uh, they are an open process, an open process connected with everything else. So that is Sam. And when we want to have, when we want Sam to be different than it is, which is most of the time we suffer. I don't want to have this thought, I don't want to have this feeling, I don't want to have this temperature, I don't want to have this view, I want to have another view. I don't want to have this taste, I want to have another taste. I don't want to have this experience, I don't want to have this memory, I want to have another memory. So that's suffering. So suffering comes from the way we relate to our own projections. And these projections, they are forced upon us by our karma. So it's not it's not working to just think, okay, like positive thinking, like you know that's it's very limited uh, because it's forced upon us, and our future depends on how we relate to our own projections, which are forced upon us by our karma. And all these projections, they're insubstantial. They're empty. Empty and insubstantial does not mean it doesn't matter or they are not important. No, they are. They exist like that. And they have... Uh, they, they have... Uh, they have value. They're empty, but they are, they are like a rainbow, like a dream. A dream is insubstantial, it's empty, but still it exists, it is vividly appearing. So, and then there is Rikpa, innermost awareness, pure awareness, unconditioned awareness, the space in which Sam comes and goes that which knows, that which is awake, that which is aware, that which is looking through your eyes, that which is listening, that which is feeling. So, and that carries many names also in in the Buddhist teachings. The ever-present witness, that's not Buddhist, that's uh, more Advaita, the ever-present witness pure consciousness, Buddha nature, the ground. So, I want to read a quote uh, uh, from the same book, uh, which I quoted yesterday from, uh, which is called The Heart of Meditation, The Recognition of Innermost Awareness. So that's that's the title. And that's the answer of, you know, yesterday I stopped with that question. His Holiness asking, okay, what is it? What is it? What is that common factor 
in all spiritual traditions. And the title of the book gives his answer. Yeah, so the, the answer to that is innermost awareness, which is Jeffrey Hopkins' translation of Rigpa, innermost awareness. It's just a word. What we are talking here, uh, what we are pointing here, or what we are sharing here is obviously beyond words, beyond this. These words, they are pointers into the unknown, into the mystery. Uh, so, initially, when we uh, when we um, explore Rigpa and Sam, and I will continue to give different pointers, uh, it makes sense to, to pretend they are two different things, the clouds and the sky. Yeah. But actually, what we are... Uh, what we are leaning into, what we are starting to explore, that they are not this, that they are not two different things. That there's only one thing, and that's spirit, that's consciousness, that's God. That's one thing. There's only one thing happening. And um, that, so there, the the image of the waves and the ocean is a bit better than the clouds and the sky. Because the clouds and the sky, there is a sense that the clouds are a problem. They should go. They, they should disappear. And then you, can, then you can be the sky. But you are already the sky. And actually, the, the clouds, they are kind of... They are just a different frequency of the sky. They are, they are made from the sky. So there the, the image of the, of the waves and the ocean is better. Yeah? So the, the different waves, like the different experiences which come, including the sense of me, you know, also you know, pleasant, unpleasant, they are all in the nature of the ocean. That's why Jesus can say heaven is now. So this is of course now theoretically. So what what we what we need to what what is the beauty in the Buddhist teachings is that through meditation and through exploring we discover this ourselves. So the the image um, the metaphor His Holiness uses here, which I found helpful. Maybe you find it also helpful. Maybe not. That remains to be seen is ice and water. Yeah? So he says, no matter what kind of consciousness we might consider, so no matter what kind of consciousness, so consciousness here means, I mean, no matter, no matter what your experience is, happy, unhappy, sad, uh, no, sounds, um, taste, so it's all consciousness. It's all consciousness. So, I mean, this is a big thing to say. According to these teachings, this is all consciousness. What is the stuff from which everything is made? Is consciousness. So, if if we if we if we look into this. According to the mystic teachings, it's consciousness. So, no matter what kind of consciousness we consider, 
the clear light of innermost awareness pervades it. So the clear light of innermost awareness appears. It's innermost awareness that the, the clear light of innermost awareness, Rigpa, peace, Nirvana, awakening, non-dual awareness. So no matter what, what no matter what your experience, uh, what your experience is, the clear light mind of innermost awareness pervades it. Eyes, even when it is solid and very hard. So eyes. So now, you know, you have your maybe you have already uh, figured out what your sticky story is uh, the coming days. Yeah? Something you brought into this retreat. Maybe not, but so that it could be also physical discomfort. Sleepiness, for example. Sleepiness will, will happen and sometimes people make a problem out of it. So that's all eyes. Every thought, every sensation, it's all eyes. Eyes, even when it is solid and very hard, does not pass beyond the nature of water does not pass beyond the nature of water. So if you have a lump of ice, you're not going to travel around the world to look for water. That would be a waste of time because the water is there. The water is just there. So where is Nirvana? Where is peace? Where is love? It's just there in the ice. This is really good news. <laughs> it's of course a different thing to actually experience it than to know it. But just knowing about it and feeling there is some truth in it. There is some truth in it. Like you know, to have then what it helps you to be relaxed, more relaxed with all the shit coming up in your life. The shit coming up in your life is a, is a, a frequency is a is like a it's it's an emergence an emergent thing. No, it's a yeah, it's ice. Yeah? So it's ice. The shit coming up in your life is... So where do you find love and peace and happiness? It's just there, in the block of ice. In the same way, no matter how, how cross, tough or coarse conception might be, the place from which they dawn and the place into which they vanish, vanish, when we no longer think them, does not pass beyond innermost awareness. So it comes from innermost awareness, it is in the nature of innermost awareness, and it will dissolve back into innermost awareness. So it comes from love, it is love, and it will dissolve back into love. It comes from... God is God and will dissolve back into God. It comes from the Great Mother, it is the Great Mother and it will dissolve back into the Great Mother because there is nothing else than the Great Mother. And you are it. 
So if there's a block of ice, no, it really seems like shit. How end I up how ended I up with this? I wanted to have water. <laughs> and now I have this. And it's hard. It's tough. It's tough to sit there with a block of ice. But you, but the water is there. You, you need to just hang in there. <laughs> hang in there. And, yeah, and and we don't need to do it alone. So we're sitting in, we, we're, we're sitting together. Yeah? So we're sitting together here with our block of eyes. And, you know, there's all the Buddhas are coming and helping us. And, you know, saying, yeah, just sit a bit, just sit a bit. You see, there's melting there, it's melting there. There's water, there's water. <laughs> so then you can take a little, ah, yeah. So it's so this is uh, this is see what can what how this image of the wave and the ocean and the water and the ice if that can can uh, help you to be uh, more relaxed. So if you if you have a really big chunk of ice there in your life, you know something really wow. Uh, that's your practice. You don't need to have any other practice. And forget everything else. Forget like vipassana, everything. Uh, That's your practice. To melt that. To love that. You you don't need to have any other practice. And, and melting it and being with it does not mean to focus on it and only see that. Yeah. So melting and being with it also means to increase your capacity to be uh, to give to 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 open your to open your view. Yeah. To connect. Uh, to ask for help. To talk about it. To share it. To uh, to look at it together. You know, with someone else. So it's not that that kind of we we make it a concentration object. So one pith instruction uh, for the breaks for the break uh, is um, this is a dream. This is a dream. Not not thinking about it. Uh, what's the difference between this and a night's dream? But just to, oh, this is a dream. So to start to undermine that sense that there is an independent, separate world out there. To undermine that. To question that. Of course, we know that there is no independent solid world out there because that's what science says but that's not how we pers- how, that's not how we live it it's not how we feel about it we feel that there is that there is a world out outside there and we are inside and we look out we look out at the world who 
is, which is out there, independent from us looking. There is no world out there. So uh, the, the, uh, the, the pith instruction of this is, is a dream can, can maybe, I mean, that's again the question, does that help you to take sing, things less serious without devaluing them, yeah, but to take them less serious? So this is like a dream. How is it like a dream? In a dream we create a whole universe, including the, the dreamer, including the person, like including the, the me in the dream. It's completely made up. The whole, the whole world, the dream world, and the sense of me. And it's exactly like this now. <laughs> And because we have similar karmic backgrounds, uh, we project similar worlds. So that's why we can kind of agree on. Maybe that's the difference between the night stream and this stream. It becomes a bit more solid because we share the dream. And from the Buddhist point of view, the explanation for that is that we have a similar karmic background. So we have we project the same things. So see if, if, if you can sometimes uh, you know, bring this sentence into, into the break. Oh, this is like a dream. This does not appear in the way no, this does not exist in the way it appears. This moment does not exist in the way it appears. It does not. How does it appear? I am a separate being in a world which is out there. That's, the how, that's how this moment appears. And that's not how it exists. So, when you say, oh, this is, oh, this is like a dream, just, just notice what happens when you say that. So, this is not a philosophical uh, discussion, it's, it's more like an invitation. You notice how it's a bit easier when you when you have the eyes closed, and you know you hear uh, the the sounds. Uh, maybe there it's it's a bit easier to get this sense of uh, connectedness that the sounds they are actually inside of you. And then we open the eyes, and there it is, me and the world. But it's the same as the sounds. It's the same as the sounds. 
it's all you. That does not mean that you are, that we are not uh, unique people. Yeah? So each wave in the ocean is unique and in a way is kind of separate from the other waves. Yeah? But they are also one. So I can still say I'm here and you are there. then there is that more that deeper dimension of this moment. So if all that is too uh, too abstract for you then um, then uh, emphasize in the breaks returning to the body returning to the body returning to the senses becoming aware of the inner dialogue of the way you talk to yourself and yeah, get to get to know that 